Hello, hello. How long gone is here? I am DJ Lamb Jeans, aka Jason. That's Chris Black. What's going on? What's up, bro? Nothing. Just coming at you live. From another beautiful day in Los Angeles. A lot of bad stuff going on that, <laughs> that we got to we we've we got to tackle. I mean, I I can start. There's a lot of bad stuff going on. Can we just start with yesterday? Do you mind if I go back a little bit? We can go back to yesterday. There was the you talking about the shooting. Mass shooting? No, not that. That happens every day. I'm talking about. Um, this is the first time it was a member of Drain Gang, though. That, that is a good point. There was a there's a photo from the uh, Wimbledon tennis tournament um, that is that is Alexa Chung kissing an actor named Tom Sturridge, who is the a new bow, a new bow, and sitting directly in front of Alexa and Tom is uh, Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller is sitting in front of them and the the twist here is that Tom Sturridge is the father of Sienna Miller's child. Right. So they're all there as friends and then and then your Tatler website tried to turn it into something it wasn't. I think it is exactly what Tatler turned it into and that is that Alexa Chung is making out with Alexa with with Sienna's ex right behind her. Yeah, that's right. And they're posing for photos. They all came together as a double date. Yeah, that's if you if you just read the comments, you know what I'm that's saying. That's twisted. Either way, it's twisted on everybody's Either part. Either way, it is twisted. I don't know how they do things over there in London. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they all had too many strawberries and cream to me. Strawberries and cream. I plopped down. That's what they have at Wimbledon. I I popped down, plopped down on the couch uh, to kind of wind down after a big July Fourth of uh, working out, <laughs> and I did watch the new Machine Gun Kelly documentary on Hulu. Okay, so you've been you've just been punishing yourself. Yeah, so that's right. Is what That's it sounds right. like. No, I didn't. I didn't book Nathan Fielder for the cover of New York Magazine. That's somebody else's fault. This I can take credit. So for. I want to know how. On, I mean, that's why it, I guess it's so fun to argue with you on this podcast all the time. Is of all the art to consume on your television, Criterion films and legacy Emmy winning shows. You go straight to Machine Gun Kelly Hulu documentary. Well, I mean, proudly. Machine, well, Machine Gun Kelly is 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 baffle his stardom his his ascent to stardom in the last basically two years which is what the documentary kind of covers is hard to wrap my head around so i was hoping to gain some clarity from this documentary it wasn't about it was more research than it was entertainment yeah but you but you could say the same thing about a lot of stars who have risen but you didn't care about how the how they rose but you do care about machine gun kelly enough to yeah watch that's this, because you know? he's he's stealing pop punk valor and i want answers mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's <laughs> i have a what feeling it, you didn't find the answer you were looking for the coolest part no the, I, i'm not going to get too far into it. i don't want to spoil it the coolest part of the documentary is that megan fox is in it almost the whole time never says one word mm-hmm. they never let her speak one time which may, is is truly a, a piece of art in itself <laughs> and machine gun kelly has like a 15 year old daughter who's smarter than anyone else that they talk to <laughs> okay well <laughs> like she's unbelievably it's unbelievable actually how how clear and well-spoken she that's is. how that's how it kind of always goes mm-hmm. but uh, you said they didn't let megan fox speak what do you think the chances are it was that or she was talking all through that motherfucker, and then the editor was just like, "Yeah, we're not gonna do any of this." Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no! I think that's no, no. I think it's the latter. Yeah, I think she talked all the time, but they're just like, you know what? She looks a little better than she sounds. Let's just kind of keep her <laughs> muted. We're happy to add in anything, any profound moments of clarity that she bestows upon the camera. We just didn't happen to see any of those. We didn't get any of that. Yeah, it's it, it's honestly it's crazy, but I I just don't. Um, and then it's like. 
yeah, I had to stop doing drugs. And then he's just smoking weed the whole time. And I'm like, this new this new thing where people are just like, weed isn't a drug is very strange to me. Kali's sober. But weed is like the original drug. <laughs> that's the whole, co- that's the cool thing about it. Weed is the original drug, but back when uh, the original drug, no, it, it was fine. No, like fentanyl overdoses didn't exist. So like compared to everything else, it kind of isn't a drug, you know? Well, no, but I mean, it's a mind-altering substance. Whether you can buy it from a guy that looks like he is a manager at the Apple store. So is cold brew. So is cold brew. That's true. And I'm a fucking addict, bro. <laughs> no, but I, I would... Look, if you hate Machine Gun Kelly, I would say watch the documentary. If you if you love Machine Gun Kelly, I would also say watch the documentary. I don't want Machine Gun Kelly to feel like he's won. I feel like he's won if I watch it. Same thing for Dave on Effects uh, is Dave, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's just such a melodramatic, like, crybaby about everything that it's a little bit like, bro, you're a multimillionaire with a hot girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm just so, it's so hard for me. I was obs-. He basically says that he quit drugs and then he became obsessed with having a number one album and that was just so hard (laughs) and i'm just like bro that's not a real problem like (laughs) being obsessed with having a number one album is maybe the coolest most privileged thing you could possibly have going on in your life yeah machine gun kelly didn't have to sell his ipad to pay rent no yeah it's like it's so bizarre and he's like yeah i slayed the people around me because i was so obsessed with getting a number one and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm sure all those people that are on your payroll really went scattering like cockroaches when the <laughs> light came on because you were so worried about having a number uh, one. Oddly enough, his name was Cockroach Steve. And he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cockroach Steve, I could feel the tension when I was in the studio just really <laughs> making my number one album and he wanted to go like mini golfing. Yeah. And I had to tell <laughs> exactly. him, no, I can't do it. I have to finish this song. <laughs> the best. Part. And Cockroach Steve was like, <laughs> bro, dude, like, are you fucking serious? Like, I have a tea time. And I don't get the deposit back. The best part is the label calls him like the label. He's like sitting there. He also does this like awful art, like these awful worse than Chris Brown's graffiti. Is it worse than Justin Bieber's monkey spray paint? It's honestly worse. It's crazy. It's like these like childlike kind of pen and ink drawings that look like Uh, I can't even explain. I I can't. But they say like I'm suicidal, you know? (laughs) And so he's he's like sketching at his, you know, $15,000 kitchen table in Calabasas mm-hmm. and he gets a call from the label and they're like the, the numbers are in. <laughs> you did it. You have the number 1 album in the country. <laughs> and he just sits there like silent, like drawing, like looking sad. <laughs> and, he, and he's just he's like after like he takes like literally 15 seconds of silence, he's like Oh, that's sick, man. Thank you. I'm really excited. It, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's like dope. It's it's like that yeah, Pete yeah. Davidson skit where yeah, exactly, you tell him exactly. any you can tell him the craziest news and he's just like, Okay. Like, this, no, this was your whole goal, Machine Gun Kelly. This is what the whole documentary is about. And he's like, Oh yeah. That's that's literally what it's like. It's so insane. So I, I just that that everything about it was crazy. I thought because these this style of documentary now that all celebrities make where they get final cut and it just is exactly how they want to be portrayed. Like mm-hmm. that is a hundred percent what this is. Like he's like, I want to be portrayed like a tortured artist, but who's also a good dad and has a hot girlfriend. And they're like, All right, got it, bro. We'll do it. No problem. <laughs> We got you, fam. And when and so he smokes a lot of weed in this documentary, you say? Yeah, he smokes hella weed, hella cigs, and he drinks. How does he take his flour? He's smoking joints. They look like pre-rolls. Okay, so he does pre-rolls. And when does his mood, dialect, his tone, his conversation, does that change after he gets high? Or is it just like 
leveled out the whole time. Well, the thing is, Jason, I'm not sure when he's high or not high. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, they sh- they show some smoking on camera, but that could be you know the fifteenth of the day for all we know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right, there's not there's just not much going on. I'm like, what? It's it's crazy to me. He's like, my lyrics are what people latch onto, and I'm like, your lyrics sound like. <laughs> 12-year-old poetry if you work at Hot Topic. And he's like, yes, all the 12-year-olds who buy my albums love it. It's so big. It's so fucking big. And then there's also a little part where he's got beef with Slipknot, (laughs) you know, which is... You can't beef with Slipknot, bro. You can't go to war with Slippy. No, that's the triple OGs. Mm -hmm. I just just think that the whole thing is like, I, I guess it's just, this guy is like one of the most famous people in the world. And I was like, maybe there's something I'm missing about this because he can't sing. And the music just sounds like Blink-182. If I want Blink-182, I can listen to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I was hoping there was something more to it. And unless he's got a 10-inch dick, which he probably does. He, he probably does. That's the only thing I didn't see in this documentary. <laughs> we're, we're at a certain age where like Blink-182 was making albums 25 years ago, 10 years before any Machine Gun Kelly fan was even born. They're just like, oh, this is just like classic oldies that like my dad used to listen to. But the thing is, the, the funny part about it all is that I feel like he is, I feel like this is truly like what he wants to be doing. You know what I mean? He feels, he thinks this is like high art. Like he's like, I'm the Beatles, <laughs> you know, and, and you have to, you have to, you have to believe that. I don't. Uh, we do have, a, we do have a guest today. Uh, Scott Campbell is a, uh, an artist that you probably know from his, uh, his tattoo work all throughout the aughts uh, on many people I know, plus uh, celebrities as well. Mm -hmm. But this motherfucker is diversified now. He's into all kinds of shit. Uh, Yeah, he's into all kinds of shit. He's in some of your favorite markets, Chris. I know you're a big crypto NFT guy. (laughs) I want to ask Scott how much money he's lost. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just just off top, just an estimation. Okay. Great icebreaker for a new friend. But he's also, you know, he's a he's a cool father. You know what I mean? He's got he's an LA resident now, so we can obviously get into oh. the, the, the ins and outs of Turning your back on NYC hardcore. Yeah, I'd love to hear. <laughs> exactly. I'd love to get into the yeah. ins and outs of that. Scott and I can relate on turning our back on NYC H C and never being <laughs> let back into CBs. All right, let's uh let's let's give Scott a call. Okay. So Scott Campbell, he draws skulls for a living. <laughs> what else do we do over there, my friend? So you're in L.A. now. You used to be in New York. I'm in L.A. now. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did New York for 16 years from 2000 to 2016. And leaving there felt like leaving an abusive relationship. I mean, it, it's really <laughs> like I love... I love California life. I really do. It's too good, baby. It's sweet. I'm in a similar position, but I assume you have some, obviously, properties in your portfolio in the New- greater New York area. You didn't totally abandon it, did you? I did. I, I had my. I had the Fort Green. I had the townhouse in Fort Green, and I sold it. Townhouse in Fort Green. Very interesting. Damn. Okay. All right, <laughs> big dog. I see you. How many floors are we looking at? It, it was four stories. <laughs> it was four stories. It was a whole happily ever after. What? What the fuck? That's before you had kids too, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that was that was where I thought they would grow up, and then I I pushed a stroller around for one <laughs> January in the subway, and I was like, no. It's like I'm I'm all set. Yeah. I'm all set, Rob. Yeah. Here. I want a driveway. <laughs> I'm really domesticated. I mean, in pictures, I look like a scumbag, but my life is juice boxes and Cheerio dust. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. No. I no. I, I get that. I understand that some men make that shift. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of times when I see that happen, it's like dudes who go to like they move to Orange County. You know, and start training with the Ruka guys, maybe. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm not old and fat yet, but, I'm, but yeah. Scott's like, I'm not sober yet, and I'm also not old and fat yet, so I'm not doing jujitsu. Yeah. I'm in that weird middle ground. Okay. Yeah. You don't own like a dirt bike or anything like that yet. I do own a dirt bike. I do. Yeah, yeah. You seem you seem like a big toys guy. <laughs> well, I'm. You know what I mean. Like I'm. I grew up redneck. You know. I'm like. I'm seventy percent artsy fartsy hipster, and I'm thirty percent like Louisiana redneck. You can't shake the moped out of you. It ain't gonna be that easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you have you have some muscle cars too, or just a Tesla? I have. I have trucks. I have. I, I'm like one of those Toyota nerds where I have like old Toyotas and new Toyotas. And now, do you do you mod them out? I can't. You can't drive stock no it's, it's got it, no it's it's the full like apocalypse machine okay yeah. okay it's so real nerdy okay so you're the guy with two kids at maru with the apocalypse machine out front i know exactly i've seen guys yeah. like you okay that's that's me in, in your collection of apocalypse toyotas what is your <laughs> what is your piece de resistance what's the one that'll be that's gonna get me on hard there's the one that i actually would go to in the apocalypse and then there's the one that looks pretty on instagram okay. you mm-hmm. know like the, the instagram one is like a, an 88 land cruiser that's all mm-hmm. redone mm-hmm. but then the the real one is like this 2015 land cruiser that has like a it i mean it has a 90 gallon gas tank in it so i can <laughs> like i could drive to portland on a tank of gas if i want to <laughs> okay 90 gallons of gas 90 gallons of gas yeah it takes me three credit cards to fill it up right now <laughs> literally three credit cards to fill it up so so a 90 a 90 gallon tank where does that i'm not a car expert but where do you put that chris you don't want to know where <laughs> no i had i had to have like the st- the frame of it reinforced so that someone rear ends me there's not 90 gallons of gasoline spilling out everywhere it's like it's a tank you're sloshing you're sloshing around at lassen's you got like a snorkel on there and stuff like that i don't have snorkels because you know there's no water in california so i'm not super worried about crossing we are in a drought that's that is a fair point scott Scott, i like i like this you have the apocalypse mobile but it's like practical for you you didn't just get all the stuff because it looks cool you kind of showed some restraint it's a sensible antifa vehicle and i think you're the first person to ever call this truck sensible. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're like, can you talk to my wife? Yeah, yeah, totally. Can you explain that to my accountant, how sensible this is? No, because I feel I feel like when I see stuff like that, people always have the fucking snorkel things because I feel like they're cheap and they look crazy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not driving through any rivers. I'm not. Mm, it does flood down in Nolens, though. Yeah, but that's why that's why Jesus gave us boats. <laughs> Do you own any boats as well? <laughs> I don't own any boats. I don't. I, I think if you have the means and you've worked hard and this is the shit that you're into, then this is the shit that you're into. I mean, fuck, I mean, there's much worse unhealthier habits that you could you can get into and I'm sure you may have danced with a few of them in your younger years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly like my my neuroses around like, you know, like my my prepper dumb really blossomed when I had kids and I'm like, okay, like I got to keep these things alive till they're 18. What do I what do I need to make sure that What happens? other okay, what other besides buying in bulk and having subscriptions on Amazon, what are we doing kind of to prep for the apocalypse? Is it just is it just the cars or we got a layer, a bunker somewhere? Okay, so we'll we'll go I didn't know where this conversation was going, but we'll go there. So I so basically like we're going there. A few years ago, I sold a, a, a company and and basically I was like, okay, I'm done. I re, I'm retiring now. 
but I decided to go to school to be a paramedic. So I got my paramedic license. Whoa. What? And so I was, that's, that's definitely like a, an, an expression of my prepper anxiety. Okay. So you, so you said, I'm good. I, I got, I got all the money I need. I'm just going to be like a, a funky dad. And then you couldn't just sit still. You decided I need to know how to save someone if, if God comes back. You know, my therapist would have words about it. You know, mm-hmm. the idea that it's like, oh, I, there's no crises in my life. Let's go ride in an ambulance on Tuesdays and Thursdays and find some things to freak out about. I see. I see. So you're doing it currently or you did do it for a little while? I did it for a little while. Um, and then pandemic happened and I didn't want to risk like exposure for, you know, bringing home to the kids. So I, I haven't ridden in ambulances since 2019. But um, but now, you know, yeah, now, as you said, like now we're doing crypto and all this other. Wow. I didn't know this. So, <laughs> so you you didn't just get the certification. You did the job. I did Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'd ride in the back of an ambulance. Yeah, <sighs> that is f- fucking twisted, man. I got to say uh, how, how with, with L.A. like L.A. County. It was Glendale. Oh, Jason, he could have saved oh. your life. Jason lives in Glendale. I love Glendale. I love Glendale. And it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to speak in, <laughs> be speaking to one of Glendale's finest right now. Yeah. One of Glendale's. <laughs> frontline workers thank you for your service officer campbell i dealt with quite a few sprained ankles and, and mysterious <laughs> chest pains in Glendale. mysterious chest pains and but i guess your, your history of tattooing you know you're you're okay with kind of blood and shit like that if you do tattooing right there's not too much blood and guts involved but uh, but yeah but like i'm, I'm accustomed <laughs> to like taking care of people you know in, yeah, in yeah. kind of in those situations and and i enjoy taking care of people Scott loves to dress a wound yeah nothing nothing says i enjoy taking care of people like giving them something on their face they might regret i, I, couldn't, <laughs> totally. agree. I, I couldn't agree more <laughs> well after after you've given somebody a regretful face tat then he will bandage it up lovingly right. in a way that you would never imagine For sure it won't get infected it won't get infected <laughs> not on my watch brother you feel pretty confident with that stuff still or does it is it something you need to no. brush up on okay no it just made me realize like how I, i'd and that's what I mean. It's like I did it to kind of calm my, you know, anxieties about being a parent mm-hmm. and needing to feel confident and taking care of them. But but it also just made me aware of like how many things can go wrong, you know, with kids' lives. Where it's like, oh, I, maybe I didn't want to know about a lot of that. To be honest, like the the stuff that's become that was has been useful is just how to navigate like the medical system in general as oh you know, as a civilian. Just like you know, like when my kid gets hurt and we have to go to the ER, like. Those little things you say so that they don't leave you in the waiting room yeah, for an hour. Yeah, that's oh. my mom. My mom was a nurse growing up, and I know what you're talking about. There's like a, a weird yeah. shorthand language. Yeah, there's just there's just keywords where they're like, oh, they can sit for a while, or mm-hmm. there's like, oh no, we need to get them in right mm-hmm. now. Okay, and we're not going to reveal any of those words to our listeners. That that costs money. No, no these these guys these <laughs> listeners can OD on their own time. It's not Scott's problem. <laughs> they can they can WebMD it themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can do their own fucking research. You know, that's, that's yeah. how we do it in this country so you're saying that you've so now that you can save lives you you've shifted your focus to blowing as much money as you can in the digital marketplace <laughs> yeah, it's really real life or death stake things like imaginary currencies <laughs> so were you just at, were you an early adopter on this stuff or were you just like i believe in this i've like dabbled in it i bought i bought my first bitcoin god i don't know 2014 or something just because like i heard that drug dealers were using it mm-hmm. and i wanted sure, it sure 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 and then <laughs> yes. i you know i mean i come from tattoo like my world is very analog and it wasn't until- well, you guys you're also a cash business you know i know nowadays people i've never put a, a tattoo on a credit card because i always thought that was insane yeah but that 
that happening is insane to me. You're you're in a cash business. Yeah, I didn't have a bank account till I got married when I was whatever thirty five or something. That was when I had to get a bank account. What? No bank. It was oh, so you were like he was just under the mattress, bro. Like like real cash. Yeah, Damn, that's sick. I love that. That's so cool. Okay, I'm sorry. So yeah, I mean, try getting a mortgage, but yeah, it's super cool, super sexy. Not a great way to build your credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't until so I, I mean I'm, I got super into NFTs and crypto stuff in the past two years, you know, because I knew as like as a visual artist, I was like, okay, at some point I'm going to have to participate in this weirdo thing. Mm-hmm. But um, a buddy of mine, this guy Ian Rogers, who I don't know if you guys know, he's one of the he's he's just been at the forefront of like technology and culture for a long time. He was the first person to ever put music on the internet with the beastie boys in the 90s and whoa he called me up one time and he left this five minute voicemail on my phone and i started listening to it and he was like hey you got to do nft tattoos and i like hung up on him i was like that's some star trek gobbledygook <laughs> i want nothing to do with it and <laughs> now you sound days, like me i listened to the whole voicemail and i was like motherfucker he's right like this changes everything um but it's like for tattooing nfts are going to change everything because it it, i mean i'll let me know if if this is if you if we're doing that tangent i'll I'll ramble on the connection between tattoos and nfts i would like to hear more for sure yeah yeah so basically so basically like you know i i'm a fancy tattoo artist like like people fly all over the world they pay a bunch of money to get tattooed by me and at the end of the day all they really get are like bragging rights and an instagram post Mm. and then on my side I'm creating original artworks, but I'm charging by the hour to apply it to people's skin. So I'm still working like a plumber or an electrician does. Yeah. And, um, but I'm creating original artwork that, you know, like goes on to mood boards and ad agencies all over. And so for me, like for tattoo artists, it makes so much sense because, you know, like with NFTs, we can shift the value from the application process to the images themselves. So I can be like, okay, next month, I'm selling these 10 NFTs. Uh, Anybody who owns the NFT can come and get it tattooed on them. And my whole career has been tattooing so that people think I'm cool, but then rubbing that cool onto other things. You know, it's like doing like collections with Louis Vuitton or, you know, Marc Jacobs and like, you know, I have a wine company, you know, and so it's like, but the thing that I can do better than anything, which is tattooing has never been the thing I, I can really scale. And uh, mm-hmm. but with NFTs, you can. And, and I really think in the next couple of years, you're going to see the whole tattoo world kind of okay. flipped upside down. By okay, it. that I mean, that makes sense logically for sure. So before like tattooing, like you were saying, was like a means to a, a greater bag with a bigger company or something like that. Like, oh, it's a cool tattoo guy. Let's have him do a collection with this fashion brand or something. But now the tattoo itself is becoming something of more of more value than just like an hourly rate. Yeah, like, like yeah, like now that tattoo design can be an actual tradable asset. Because the design is free if you buy a tattoo, right? Yeah. And then but then it's also you could be like, oh, like I know this tattoo artist is doing a big fashion collab in September. So I'm gonna like buy a couple of his t- designs now and then flip them with all when all the hype around their art. You know what I mean? Like mm. you could actually like speculate on tattoo designs and artists and and there could be some insider training like i heard i heard scott yeah totally. i mean isn't that what nfts are it's just a bunch of insider trading you tell me yeah you you're a white collar criminal yeah you're a white collar <laughs> criminal i mean i i just don't why are nfts deeply uncool 
Is it because of it, its connection to like the internet? Whoever coined the phrase, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth, they were talking about NFTs. Mm. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Like they were yes. talking about like nerd culture running everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that's my aversion to it is just like, I don't fully understand. And also, I feel like if I open that box, I'm going to get lost in a way that I might not want to. But. We, we did an NFT early on, early days, and I'm still embarrassed by it, but we did make some money, um, which I think is virtually worthless now, Jason, or is it okay? Not doing great compared to last year. How did you stomach the dip, Scott? I just treat anything crypto like I'm in a casino. Okay. Scott's like, well, I was already rich before, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't really with, with real money? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I... My house was bought by, like I said, carving skulls into people's arms and selling weed. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I'm diversified into the physical world. Don't. But don't my my qu- my question <laughs> my question is though, no one's ever been able to answer this for me. Have you taken out cash? Have you have you turned crypto into cold hard American legal tender? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, not not like a bank transfer. I'm saying like <laughs> I was told at some point that it was because it's a peer to peer thing. Like you would have to meet someone and they would give you cash. I mean, I've transferred it to my bank account and then like, okay, you know, paid okay. out, you know, paid my bills with it. Okay. I mean, that's as real as it's going to get, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah. what more can you do? But my, I mean, yeah, I look at my crypto fund and fully am I like, can I buy a ranch in Montana with it yet? You know, I mean, like, sure. I believe in it, but I also want to buy dirt with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, you're not going to survive off it, but you're glad it's there. And if you can make a frivolous purchase, then, then you will. But that's not a frivolous purchase. That's literally investing into real estate. The, you know, our, our arguably smartest investment you can make. Sure. But he doesn't need a ranch in Montana is my point. <laughs> <laughs> I have a ranch in Pasadena. Yeah. Okay. The other, the other Montana. Well, yeah, I love, I love the ranch idea because I, you know, there's a, once a, a, a white man gets enough money, he turns into a cowboy. So I think that that's kind of, I've never understood. It's the kind of the, it's the Ralph Lauren model. And I've never fully understood why that happens because I have even Kanye has a ranch in Montana. (laughs) That's a good point. That's I mean, but I just don't. I I just have never like. Are you are you want to break horses and shit, or you just want to be that far out? I want my thing is I someday want to have ATVs because I need them. Like not because I want ATVs. Like I want to have so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need four wheelers to get across it. Oh, not the way like my girlfriend needs those shoes. You're talking about like, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. I literally need this vehicle or else I won't be able to go from point A to point B. Got it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I have to whack this bush somehow and I, I can't get out there without. I got to go check the fence line. I need an ATV to go check. <laughs> I got to check the fence line. Check the fence line. <laughs> I, my Nest Cam on the fence line is showing an alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people like once, once like Anthony Bourdain started like camping in montana and like you know like shooting animals and eating them over fire i think a lot of people were like yeah i gotta i don't know what this is but i need to do it i feel the call of the world that makes sense i need to drink bourbon by a fire amongst men i think it brings i think it brings people back to i think it's you know it's like survivalist shit which is has not i that has not reached my uh desk yet i don't know if i'll get there (laughs) but i mean do you do you camp now? Like, do you take your kids camping and go out to the earth, or do you just live a, a Cali indoor outdoor lifestyle? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. No, we we go camping and stuff. We do like we you know we'll go out for the weekend and and just kind of sleep in the desert, you know, in the in the truck and stuff. We like we go there, but I think I mean I think I feel like 
ranch life, it's kind of, it's the next progression. I mean, the past 10 years, all we've been fed is apocalypse mm-hmm. movies, you know? So we can't help but have like anxiety be like, fuck, I need to be able to sleep outside and live. Damn, you're really tapped into that. Cause I'm just, I'd rather die. I think is where is, is kind of where I'm at with it. Like if it, if it's like Chris, you got survival sleep. sounds like a lot of work to you. Chris. If, yeah, if you gotta if you Chris, if you have to kill your own food and live outside, I'm just saying, take me, Lord. You know, like I I can't. I you know I, I I've been watching this show called Snowflake Mountain, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they don't know what they're going to do, and then there's a a deer hung up, and they have to skin the deer, Dre- dressing that animal. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I just could. I don't think I could do it. Even if it was. So you would rather die. I. It's not even like an animal rights thing. I just don't think I could get. I don't know. It. it it's just so foreign to me. <laughs> I just don't think I could do it. Maybe I'm just a pussy. I mean, you. You got a knife. You got some flesh. Start cutting, bro. What's going? What? I don't know what the problem is. I mean, that's the vibe, and that's the. Luckily, the the guy that was wearing Balenciaga kind of got <laughs> into it. Luckily, luckily, luckily for him, he was able to survive. But like. Scott, could you could you dress down an animal? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in Louisiana. You know, that's like you learn your ABCs and you learn how to skin a squirrel, you know, in the same class. No, no. Defeather a duck? Yeah. Yeah. Ducks. There's lots of duck hunting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm from oh, suburban. Yeah. I'm from the South. Like, it's not crazy. Like, I should have a little more of that DNA. I'm not from Orange County like Jason where they, you know, like waxing a surfboard is the best they can do. Like I'm, I'm, you know, you want to play this game, Chris? No, 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 I, I don't. I don't. Of course. Not. So like the paramedic <laughs> thing and that whole journey and, and me, like it actually kind of started. So I was like Brooklyn, Brooklyn hipster tattoo kid. And then in 2009, me and Casey Neistat, I don't know if you know, Casey, like basically talked our way onto mm-hmm. Bagram air force base in Afghanistan. And I spent two months with this combat paramedic group in Afghanistan. And I, I truly like before walking into that, I thought I was a man. And then, (laughs) and then we like, we hung out with these paramedics in Afghanistan. I was like, I am, I am like a worthless little person. Like I'm useless and, and really like hanging out with those guys. And they all do like mountain rescue out of Alaska. And so now I go up every year with them and just kind of hang out with them and catch whatever, you know, magic sparkle dust flies off them. <laughs> but that was, that was the first time where it's like, oh, I need to like, I need to be more useful than I am. You know what I mean? Like drawing skulls is great and all, but like, I, I don't actually know how to stop anyone from bleeding or anything. I wonder if I'll hit this point in my life. This is, this is interesting to me. I feel like your third eye was opened. Yeah. Was, was there, was there a breakthrough to get this? Was there an ayahuasca journey or something like that? Or was it, you said it was probably having kids? No, I mean, having kids for sure. Cause it, like once I had kids, like I was, you know, I used to like, race motorcycles around and do all this. Like I was allowed to die until I had a kid. And then once I had kids, I'm like, fuck, I can't, I, you know I mean? Like if I, I'm less allowed to die now. If I, if I, if they're 15 years old and I die, it's fine. It'll build character. But if I, if I die before my daughter's 15, she's going to have all these dad issues and like date shitty dudes and bands and stuff. Like I, that's I your worst. Right. Concern that's right. That's right. Guys in vans. <laughs> so you're, so you learned, you, you learned to save a life so she wouldn't date a guy in a band. That's good parenting. Yeah. That's, that's just I mean, good. Every morning I take my vitamins so that I can live long enough to make sure she doesn't date musicians. You're saying this guy has a guitar no he's not coming in this house sweetie not not fuck, no, that, fuck guy. that guy no. that's i mean the, that that is a i feel like the air force base thing is a very extreme way to learn that but i think also maybe the best way because it's like the highest it feels like the highest level yeah. i'm i'm the son of like draft dodging hippies i'm not mr god and country and so we were going to this air force base and i realized i had no idea 
I don't even know why who we're fighting in Afghanistan. I don't know why we're fighting. Nobody does. But with these guys, they were just saving lives. You know, they weren't kicking in doors and shooting people. So they had this kind of sure. moral loophole of just being great people. Right. And uh, and I really admired them. It makes you wonder what gets people to be in that position. I devote my life to selfless acts of of heroic rescue. Is is that rooted in all in good, or is there some something? That has to happen to somebody. I mean, I think there's some caveman primal like drive to that for sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's kind of predetermined a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm sure there's some experiences that help shape that, but I think there's a little bit of like, you know, you either got that gene or you don't. We're looking for a few good men, and I feel like there's less and less of them as uh, as the the clock ticks on. Yeah, bro, you're looking at two of them right here. These goddamn snowflakes. Well, <laughs> Scott, you mentioned the apocalypse a few times. When the apocalypse does inevitably come, two questions: Will it come in your lifetime? Will you get to see the world burn with your own two eyes? Number two: How will it go down? Oh man, this is. Wow, I thought we were just going to talk about artsy fartsy shit, but we're really getting into it. What? Um, <laughs> don't worry. Don't. I worry. mean, for sure. I. I don't think the apocalypse is, will have a date you know i think <laughs> things are just gonna slowly fall apart okay in kind of the way that they are um okay and and yeah i mean i look at my kids all the time and i'm like oh you guys will see like a mass extinction event in your lifetime like it's pretty inevitable a little something to tell them before they head off to school in the morning <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Just be like okay like there's this guy john connor okay <laughs> like you're basically john connor <laughs> Most of your friends and family will not survive. You might not, but like do some push-ups before you go to school and maybe. Okay, so so less of a, a big bang and more of just a it's like the frog in the boiling water kind of thing. I mean, I think so. Isn't that what's happening? I mean, I think like, that's what's happening. I think there'll yeah. probably be a few series of of large events, you know. I don't I don't think it'll be as dramatic as like a meteor or an asteroid hitting or a giant volcano or something. I'm open. I'm hoping for something giant. I'm hoping for a, a big event. Personally, this, this like, well, at least then we would system. know we're like, Oh, this is it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We know to like make some popcorn and just like watch the, watch everything burn down. I'd like some closure with my imminent death, please. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it is going to be a, a, like a, you know, like a wonderful pour over at Jason's house. It's going to be a nice slow drip. Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, I, I always wondered like, or I thought like, Obviously, the world has to end at some point. So wouldn't it be cool to be like that rare sliver of human life over the last millions of years who got to actually see the world be done? I think that would be a cool thing to see. See, I don't think so. I think it's just like, you know, like with climate change and everything, it's been like, oh, yeah, now we don't have fish anymore. And then now we don't, you know, <laughs> right, like, right, right. we'll just all of a sudden one day realize there's nothing at the grocery store, but like cricket protein yep, bars yep, yep. and that's and that's it and people people you'll i'll be selling a, a, a persian cucumber as an nft for three million dollars i'm like wow remember <laughs> so what cucumbers like, those was? never existed that's not <laughs> yeah, real I, yeah i'm i think i'm with you guys i think i'm with you guys but i <laughs> luckily i'm able to shift to a vegan diet pretty easily so Lack of lack of uh, fish or other animal products, no problem. Vegetables will become a rare commodity as well. Chris. Who needs that, bro? I'm just eating all kinds of freaky man-made proteins. I don't need. I don't. <laughs> I don't need vegetables, and my body. Thanks you need you. cricket protein. I mean, I've accidentally had cricket protein before. I mean, you've had crickets, Jason, in yeah, Mexico, sure, sure, right? Sure. 
Great source. Yeah, I don't love I don't love the crunch, but I love the protein. Scott, you you mentioned selling a company and being like, I guess I can retire now. What was that company and what was that what was that uh, sale hitting for? So God, where do I begin that? So basically, like my whole career, like I've I've always, I mean, I got into tattooing because I was after freedom. You know, like I really, I was like, oh, this is the freest I can imagine myself being. Mm. And uh, and then I so I started tattooing, and then I started, you know, I was in New York and the early 2000s and kind of just tattooing all these artists that I really admired and I was like oh you know what like fine artists like that's that's freedom you know I want to be a fine artist and um and so I did I did pretty well with that and you know like had some exhibitions and showed in museums and and then I don't know how familiar you guys are with the art market I mean you've interviewed some fancy artists but you know like you're beholden to this pool of collectors so I mm-hmm. found myself in a situation where you know, there were like these 10 big collectors that I had to kind of keep in my favor so that they could make sure, you know, my secondary market sales were up. And I was on a plane to Zurich to go to some kid's bat mitzvah who I didn't even care about. <laughs> and I was like, this is not free. You know, this I'm just like rich people's pet tattoo artist, you know? And so, <laughs> so then I came back and I was like, okay, like, how do I be an art collector? You know what I mean? Cause I want to be the guy that buys artwork. Mm. And so I, I always loved the idea of creating brands and creating, like, I was really into fragrance. You know, I had, I'd worked with LVMH a lot and seen the idea of taking something as abstract as a fragrance and, and giving it a name and like a, a story and whatever, whatever name and story you give it, that's what it becomes. And so mm-hmm. anyway, so I, I started a wine company um, in like 2010 and kind of had that as an experiment and, and it did really well. And then from there, I started a cannabis company as legalization kind of came on board. It was called Bebo, like B-E-B-O-E mm-hmm. after my grandmother. And, uh, cool. you know, but like we, we opened a dispensary and in Be- Barney's Beverly Hills. And we were really like, Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I remember reading about this in the New York times. I don't worry. It was, it was awesome. I mean, it still is. We're, we're not in California anymore, but we are in um, Illinois and Nevada and Massachusetts, but it's um, I really, I really love it. So I started that company and then, yeah, sold that to a big multi-state operator and sent it off into the world. And mm-hmm. it's been, I mean, that's the first time I've ever had like, grown up money so when you when you sold the company off to somebody to do that do you are you done with it completely or are you sort of like a partial partner no i'm I'm still involved i'm still like the founder and you know i mean i I work with all the designs and the creative okay but i just don't have the same anxiety that you know wakes me up at 4 a.m every morning you don't have to do the shitty parts right yeah i I just do the fun stuff the fun founder stuff so what made you want to stay and not just wipe your hands clean of it that always seemed like a dream of mine if you're really gonna retire and cut and and be done and go to montana just be like take it all fucking i don't care if you run it into the ground bro i mean it's you know like it's like i said it's nice that it, you know the the fear of failure isn't as in the room as it was when mm-hmm. when I was the captain of the ship. But it's but now it's like you know I still have a piece of the dream and and I I only do the part that I want to do. What happened to dabs, bro? Dabs were the biggest thing in the world for six months. We saw people dying. Now dabs no nowhere to be found. I don't know what circles you were in, but I don't know if dabs were the biggest thing in the world. I was in a I, circle. Was, I was in a circle called the Instagram Explore page, and they were pretty popular. <laughs> They're pretty popular there. I would I would say dab dabbing had a moment for sure. I don't know if I would call it the most popular thing ever. No, I mean because it did require a lot. 
lot of. I, I remember those those Instagram reels though with like competitive dabbing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, yeah, I miss I, I miss that because as a person who I used to smoke weed every day and I dabbed once and it did kind of cripple me in a way that was <laughs> truly impressive and I was like, oh, this maybe is the future. Um, but it kind of went the other way, you know. So I was I was wrong. So let's hope you're not. Wrong about crypto. You know what I'm saying? It's the same kind of thing. I think, I think it's the kind of thing where you're like, wow, why are there not more Instagram people of them doing selfies on the edge of cliffs? It's like, well, because it's, it's not, you know, like eventually those people fall off the cliff. That's and they true. Can't Instagram yeah, that's a great point. Actually, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, the one time I did dab, I had to take a break. Like I had to sit down for 30 plus minutes before really? I did anything because it wasn't, it didn't feel safe. Well, I've, I've been seeing a lot of news now that marijuana is like illegal and, and, and a lot of people are consuming it and saying like people, like people are being hospitalized and dying and, you know, having mental breakdowns and mental issues because of marijuana. What, what do you think about that? I'm, I've, it feels a little BS to me. I think if you replace the word vodka every with marijuana, like the yeah. numbers yep. would double, you know, like. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is so crazy. I mean, it's just a new thing to be upset about, it feels like. But it's, it's also like, yeah, if a 14-year-old, you know, goes absolutely crazy in mom's liquor cabinet or in the stash, like it's not going to be good yeah i mean even if you have a mental breakdown on weed at least there's no hangover you know yeah you wake up super well rested and the next day true pussy true pussy shit honestly <laughs> so scott do you do your kids do marijuana yet or no they're not so my daughter uh, I've, i grow weed all the time like every year in our backyard we've got a bunch of weed plants they don't they know like they know to take care of the weedies that's what they call them and they you know like we water them every morning <laughs> Okay, so you're getting them started young. Got it. They have no idea you can smoke weed to get high. They have no clue. Oh, really? They just think it's a nice, cool plant. Yeah. I mean, I literally, I tell them it's for air freshener because I like the way it smells. And the other day, my daughter, I, I came home and she had scattered a half pound of weed all over the house <laughs> just to make it smell nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Dad, look, look what I did. You're like, uh, like doesn't yeah. it smell great in here? Like it actually does. It smells really nice in here. Yeah. It smells like about $1,200 in here. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately $1,200. And that was for daddy's friend to come pick up. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the floor. So, so then, I'm assuming your kids are on the younger side then. Yeah. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old okay. and a vasectomy. Wait, do you actually have a vasectomy? <laughs> I do. I do. I love it. Wow. He's, you're, you're, le you're leading the charge for men everywhere tell me all about it chris would like to see a couple of brochures if you don't mind it's great i mean my, my second child wasn't completely intentional sure <laughs> sweet way to put it and after he came around i was like terrified you know i was literally like i would have sex and i'd be like don't let it touch you don't let it land on you like every just stay away and um and then i got stay away <laughs> i'm gonna just go over here and finish babe if you could just wait i've, I've also screamed stay away during sex but it had like, nothing to do with eye contact with the semen you know, like, walk away <laughs> <laughs> I love vasectomies. I'm I'm a huge. Everybody should get them. Okay, so let, let's go. How much does it cost? What's the recovery time? Oh God, I don't know how much it cost. I mean, I want to say it was around like a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks. Oh, I went oh. with like. Did you have to post about it on Instagram to get a discount? <laughs> yeah. Did you go to an influencer snipper? I was really. I mean, <laughs> first of all, you know, I live in I live in LA and I know a bunch of fancy people. So I was like, first of all, I was like, who does Brad Pitt's balls? I want to like talk to them. <laughs> And, and I met with the guy who, like, does Brad Pitt's balls. I, I do Brad Pitt's <laughs> He was great, but he was, like, really <laughs> chatty, and he just wanted to, like, name drop the whole time. And I was like, how often are you actually, you know, snipping wires? <laughs> and then a buddy of mine, 
Actually, I mean, I won't say that anyway, but a buddy of mine was like, no, man, you got to go for the guy who's like in the trenches doing like a hundred a day, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then, so then I met with, I met with that guy who was just, just this doctor in Santa Monica who does like 20 vasectomies a day. And I was like him, that's, that's the one. Okay. So if someone's going to put a scalpel to my penis, I want quantity, not quality. I just want them to like, I want them to not even it, like, I want it second nature where like they cut so many balls. It's just like breathing to them. Right, right, right. Like shooting a free throw. I don't want good. Don't get in your head about it. Yeah, just trust just the go. process. The body does the work for you. Muscle memory. Exactly. And, and he did a great job. I, you know, I, I'm neurotic. So I was like sitting there backseat driving the whole thing. <laughs> and um, you're like, well, I did do a few ride along in the ambulance so i knew a couple of things <laughs> how's my blood pressure are you doing? sure you sure that's the right one chief you sure yeah yeah the green wire right not the red wire yeah, exactly Just give me the snippers. i saw this on youtube back off what's the recover so how do you feel how- what's the recovery time when i sat at the chateau marmont for three days with ice on my balls and room service and vicodin <laughs> And it was a lovely weekend. Oh, Damn, weekend. bro. This don't is, trigger, Chris. Yeah, this is too good. I can't take Viking anymore, but I can definitely put ice on my balls. Wow. That's that's that sounds ideal, it was great. to be honest. It was really great. Yeah. I've never I've never had a first hand account of a vasectomy before. I've never heard that in my entire life. Thank you for exposing us to this new trend. What's the over under on getting a reversal though, Scott? What do you think the chances are? I don't know. I mean, you know, like I'm I mean, as we've gone under, I'm very apocalypse minded. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know how many John Connors there could mm-hmm. be. It's like <laughs> I'm just, you know. <laughs> I, I think I'm stick with the two that I got. I think I, yeah, I think I that's you. smart. I think this is a this is a good decision. I'm sure it's appealing to to the fairer sex. You know what I mean? Hey, look, hey, hey. I got all my I got all my paperwork. <laughs> I mean, it definitely it definitely puts it out there. I mean, even like with dating, like I'm not I'm not with my baby mama anymore. We did the whole like conscious uncoupling thing, <laughs> and uh, and dating with a vasectomy it makes things real efficient. You know, because be like, this is this is a road I'm not going down. So when do you when do you let them know about that? Oh, like how? day one, like like day one. before I give them my phone number, I'll be like, I have a vasectomy. <laughs> so okay, that's like that's like yeah, okay, that's cool. And how often is that a deal breaker versus a uh, oh okay, so you like to fuck a lot? No, I mean I think it's I mean I'm yeah. 45. You know what I mean? So women I date, it's kind of like that's a big that's a big ticket item on the calendar of like, yeah. I mean, I mean, like if, if someone's between 35 and 40 it's on their radar and i'm like look like if you're looking for that yeah like don't waste time with me like go find it you know go go find mm-hmm. that twinkle butt that's gonna do it that's, Breeder I, mean, need I, not I think apply. it's i think it's very cool it's it, it's similar to sobriety you like to tell you like to tell everybody up front you know what i mean let's get this out of the way so you understand why i'm not having a negroni yeah but is it first date second date yeah why i'm not having yeah a i'm not having a negroni or just start a podcast so everyone knows everything about you and you don't have to do any of <laughs> that's that. that's right well when you start a podcast they just assume you're a virgin which is a little bit of a kind of <laughs> kind of doesn't work that and then well you get a but, chance to prove them wrong chris yeah and then you get a chance every three times a week you get a chance to prove them wrong so it's a pretty it's a nice challenge right. as well it's our version of a ride Scott, along. speaking of reversing the vasectomy let's talk about reversing the t- Tattoo, uh, laser removal seems like there's a lot of progress, and uh, in that world, in the last couple of years, what are your what are some tips and tricks? Your thoughts on it? My my girlfriend's currently getting a couple like little finger tats removed right now, and 
she's going through it so i'd like to give her some words of encouragement please oh man i mean laser removal it's still it's still pretty brutal i mean definitely don't get tattooed with in thinking about getting it removed there has been you know like Mm -hmm. i keep hearing these things about tattoos ink where it's like oh this ink only lasts a year and then it fades away Mm -hmm. yeah there's that corny startup that's like there's they have a they have a tattoo shop on like la cienega that's like that's the whole thing (laughs) like it fades that's the whole business. Yeah, and but, but the thing is, like, okay, like if you if this tattoo fades over a year, that means for six months you have a tattoo that looks good, <laughs> yeah. and then for six months you have a tattoo that looks like it's twenty yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. that's you a know? good, good, great point, actually. And it still costs you seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not cheap. And, and so, like, I don't know. I'm, I I think someday someone's going to invent tattoo ink that has like a vulnerability designed into it, where it's like, oh, mm. you know, in the same, like if you wave this UV light over it, it disappears, you know, oh. like, and then like tattoos that have a switch, that would be a thing. You've done some, you've done some stony thinking about this, I feel. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I've, I've been approached by like all the VCs that back all these like fancy ink things. And they're like, what do you, you know, like I've, I've been in those, those uh, think tanks and, and it, yeah, I, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I just want to pick your brain, Scott. <laughs> this will be an unpaid opportunity, of course. Basically, they're like, will you go tell people to invest in this? And it's like, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never, you've never been laser removed for any of your tattoos then? I have. I've got, I got, I've gotten a couple removed. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, but I'm like, I look like the bathroom wall of CBGBs, yeah. you know, like I'm not precious about that's what, what I, I was gonna ask like it must be something really so then what did it take to get you to to, to it was honestly it, it was i got tattooed by someone who kind of came out that <laughs> that he did some really not cool stuff with women okay okay and i didn't want his juju on me and so i was like i'm, I'm gonna get rid of that so you you're inked up by a canceled artist yeah yeah basically and i okay. was like i didn't unfortunately like- scott i feel like i might be inked up by canceled artists as well we can talk about this off mic yeah if you have a tattoo then yes you have been inked up by a canceled artist or someone that's done something inappropriate <laughs> with a woman <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, tattoo artists are not like the moral compasses we should. That be was always my problem. That was always my problem because I I have a lot of tattoos, you know, and I I like, but I just hated everything about going into the places. Yeah, you know, I just don't want to talk about motorcycles or hardcore <laughs> or you know, I don't know. It's just like I the fact that it's always going to be like that. I know it's changed a little bit, of course, over time, but is the the rise of the private studio, I feel like, is the future. I'm a fancy tattooer, you know, according to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but I'm the I, I I will not claim to be you know better tattooer, better at doing lines or coloring or shading than anybody else. Like, if there's anything that's like that's kind of helped me become successful in this craft, it's that I, I genuinely like give a shit about people, you know, and because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like if you have a horrible experience getting a beautiful tattoo, you'll always hate it, you know, and you could get a crappy yeah. tattoo. And if you have the best time getting it, you'll always love it. Mm. I got a lot of those. I got a lot of those, Scott. Yeah. I'm going door number two. I'm with you. Yeah, totally. And so I think, yeah, getting a, a nice tattoo by a shitty person, like it's, it's turns into a shitty tattoo. Mm-hmm. Look, I only, I only got one Makes tattoo sense. by a guy with a, a, an ankle bracelet on. <laughs> Okay, it was only and I didn't I didn't notice it until after you know he'd already started. Right. So I don't really that's not really on me at that point. It's I don't totally think, fine. Yeah. You know? Well, I know that you're you know you're known for your black and gray work, but what if someone like me, who's more of a traditionalist, wants kind of a full color classic, 
you know, I know that's not what you're known for, but can I come to you for that? Are you like, I'm all set? I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I, I honestly don't even have color pigments in my shop. Like, I don't, I wouldn't even know where you it. only, so you only, so basically, if I'm coming to Scott Campbell, you get the Scott Campbell shit. Yeah. That's what, that's what you want. And that's what you pay there for. There was, I did have a panic moment. I mean, I'll say it, everybody knows. But anyway, I was tattooing Travis Scott like last year. And, um, you know, we were doing this big thing on his leg. I had tattooed him before. I did this thing on his arm um years ago that was color back when i still had color and i was doing this big thing on his leg and he's like cool he's like so i think you know this should be red and like you know like what would do this blue and i literally i was like yeah 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 of course and i had to like sideline my assistant i was like i need you to drive to this other shop and give me some red and blue ink because i don't even have it here okay so you're so you're saying if if i'm travis scott i could get a little color but otherwise, take your business somewhere else. Yeah, you're getting the color tax, though. You're you're paying the color tax. Yeah, Chris, so. get your streams up, and maybe okay. we'll. <laughs> yeah, I'll work we'll on. I'll, I'll work on my streaming. Yeah, I mean, I, we talk about this a lot on the podcast because because you know we're 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 just a little bit younger than you, but and I'm sure you remember this as a member of the tattoo community. But the 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 face tattoo as kind of like a scarlet letter and now it's become a very popular thing that's the first tattoo that you get yeah like when i was when i was 18 19 like it was like most guys i knew wouldn't do that yeah they just wouldn't do it i mean it's crazy. face tattoos are like the new full sleeve you know like when i was a kid Mm -hmm. i remember driving by the tattoo shop and seeing guys with full sleeves and being like holy fuck that guy's hard as hell you know what i mean like that was real heavy i don't i don't know it's not a matter of if he's killed but how many people he has no he's yeah no it's like a koi fish in some ponds but sure he's still tough (laughs) he's still tough and now it's like yeah every graphic designer has full sleeves you know it's like not even Mm -hmm. um but yeah now the face tattoo is like how far you have to go to kind of have that that weight to it but what is your what is your over under on the face tattoo is it like if it's somebody you know i don't i don't do it i I, you won't do it i don't do face tattoos it's um i remember there's this guy he was like in a biker gang and literally like does horrible horrible things for money and um <laughs> you know i he's the only face i ever tattooed because you didn't because you maybe didn't have a choice in the matter maybe i mean it was that <laughs> also i was just like oh maybe this will help him get recognized in a lineup you know so i'm actually like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i'm like this person should not be anonymous this scott, person scott said i'm the feds bitch yeah. <laughs> yeah you you didn't know i'm playing 3d i'm on my other shit right okay, now okay so uh, adding a defining factor to someone's face. What? 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 Do you remember what this upstanding citizen got tattooed on the face? Yeah, it was a. It was like a TCB lightning bolt. Classic. I need. I need one okay. of those myself. Classic, yeah. Classic. I mean. Yeah. I. I mean, it's great. I love Elvis. But yeah. But it is. It is crazy that tattoos have also become like celebrity. You know, obviously that's like been a part of your business historically. But like that, it, it's just crazy. Like people are just so down for it, and it, it's um. It's just interesting to watch. It hasn't been that long. And Scott kind of got to be right in the right place, right time yeah. for all of that, you know? I don't know if anybody would give a shit about me if I, you know, came up like 10 years later. Because I, I I, kind of gained notoriety before Instagram came around, you know, when it was like, mm-hmm. like you had to be in a place in order to be a part of a community, you know? And I was like, I was in the downtown New York scene and like, you know, tattooing some of the most powerful creatives in the world at a moment when like to be there, you had to be there. Whereas now it's not like, and now Instagram is, is everything. Like I can't, I can't do TikTok dances and all that shit. I don't think anybody would care about me if I 
you know, if I hadn't hit that that time frame. No, I mean, I lived in New York during that time, and there was a little mythology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, say, saved was like a thing. Oh, it was so. I mean, I remember going out and that's like, you know, going to like Beatrice with like Heath Ledger every night after work, <laughs> and just like seeing the cast of characters around. It was it was amazing. We all lived through that, and that's just never going to happen again. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. We did it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, New York during that period was probably the best. It, it, I mean, you know, everybody says that though, you know, their generation. Yeah. I mean, that's what people are always like, Oh, do you miss New York? Do you miss New York? I was like, I was like, dude, the, the New York I miss, JetBlue doesn't fly there. You know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I miss New York 2004. When, when, what year did New York stop? being the new york that you love like 2004 i don't know i mean it, maybe it stopped when i had kids mm-hmm. but um <laughs> that's possible you know, like 2014 2015 it, it started getting real like hedge fundy and and real kind of wall street and a lot of the it's just like it priced out all the weirdo kids and everybody either went to like detroit or berlin and uh, or la mm. you know and it, I, I just miss the weirdos you know i remember in the early 2000s you could sit in soho and just watch rivers of humanity flowing mm-hmm. by you. You know, you do hear like 12 different languages and just like mm-hmm. every, every walk of life. Right. Every, every other person was wildly interesting. And now totally. you're there. And now it's like, it's kind of all the same. One in a hundred people are yeah. halfway interesting. I do love it. But um, I also, I like having a driveway to park in. And I, I don't I don't know the street cleaning schedule. I have no clue when they're going to clean the street. Oh, I don't know. Don't big dick us, bro. I don't even have to. I don't. I got ten cars. I don't even have to look at the street cleaning schedule. That's okay. That's a real. That's a certain kind of flex. And I understood you. That's a dog whistle. So where are you? Where in L.A. are you tattooing out of nowadays? So I have um I have a studio downtown, mm-hmm. like Arts District, where all the you know all the shaggy haired tattooed kids are. Do you go in there every day? Or you just kind of go in there when needed. Yeah, yeah. I know. I go there Monday through Friday and hang out. You know, so I can feel like I'm I'm still a part of things and hang out. I mean, I love you know, like I I have a tattoo shop now for for the community of it, you know, and just to kind of support yeah. tattoo artists that I think are doing cool stuff and give them a a home and a place to work and you know. Mm-hmm. Like really just celebrate people. Like there's people who work in my shop that I love so much. And every day I look at them and I was like, I don't know, like, like, I don't know where else you could fit into the world if it weren't like this tattoo shop. Like there's, it's, and I, and I really love that, you know, like that's, that's what I love about tattooing is it's just this like refuge for weirdos who can't hold real jobs. Mm-hmm. I do love tattooing and it, it keeps me from, you know, like, like I get inspired by tattooing people, you know, I mean, I, I have my art studio where I go and I hang out by myself, you know, like, then I'll go tattoo somebody. And I kind of like that when you're tattooing a person, you know, they bring ideas and opinions to the equation that, mm-hmm. that might pull me out of my comfort zone or might pull me out of my rut be like, oh, I, you know, like, I didn't think to do it like that, but that was cool. And now I learned a new trick, you know, from my client. So it's- that's unfortunate because all the tattooers I see just tell me to shut the fuck up and kind of <laughs> lay there. And I don't get, I don't, there's not much back and forth. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of feedback. Uh, but it's good to know that you are open to that just for the future. That's, that's good to know yeah. that guys like you exist. Yeah. He has an open mind. Yeah. To a point. If you take it too far, I'll let you know. Be like, no, no, no. We're going this way. That's cute for you, but I don't plan to add that to my arsenal. <laughs> that was always my thing. I'm like, I, and maybe that's why I gravitated towards Flash. I'm like, I want these guys to do their job. I have no interest in telling them how to do it. They are professionals. It's it's like cutting my own hair. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to bring in a sketch I did on paper. 
it's just crazy to and me. And also, since your tattoos mean nothing to you personally or emotionally, it's just more like an aesthetic thing, then it's easier to do that. It's a celebration of art and the artist. That's Jason, you have no idea the emotion tied to these things, bro. Don't do <laughs> do not do not fucking do that. Are you kidding me? I, I should I should probably have a little less emotion in mind because mine are just like <laughs> Yeah. You gotta. You're like I gotta dial this shit back. It's getting a little sappy in here. Yeah, I need to turn up the aesthetic and maybe the emotion, not so much. Yeah, for every time you put like your your kid's birth date or like a like an outline of their foot stamp as an infant, get a barbed wire or something like that. Just something yeah, to dumb yeah, it down. Yeah. yeah, I just get I get tattooed by people I like, and sometimes they're decent tattooers, and oftentimes they're not. It's it you know it goes back to that thing of like it's just the. <laughs> the experience of like I hung out with them an afternoon and it left this mark and, and I got fond memories of it. How many, how many thigh tattoos has Justin Bieber done on you? Is it just <laughs> one or is it, is it like three to four? I haven't, I haven't tattooed Bieber. Woo. My buddy, Brian, woo. He, he tattoos Bieber all the time. You got, you gotta have a, a bad celebrity tattoo. Though. Who do I you have? have I, I do have a really amazing tattoo that Johnny Depp did on my back. <laughs> oh shit. Um, <laughs> what? With, which we were i've tattooed johnny for years he i i love him i'm i'm like we can go into that wormhole if we want but um but yeah we were in london and uh he did this like you know like he was good friends with hunter s thompson and so he did this hunter s thompson quote Mm -hmm. on my back that was uh it said buy the ticket take the ride and Mm -hmm. the stencil was like just straight helvetica and but then the (laughs) when he finished it it looked like a Ralph Stedman drawing. I don't know if you know Ralph Stedman. Yeah, of course, of course. So you're saying, but, anyway, that- but yeah, it looked like some crazy watercolor, just like violent act happened upon my shoulder. So you're saying that Johnny should be tatting instead of acting? Are you saying he has the gift? He should not be doing tattoos. I mean, it's beautiful, <laughs> brilliant. He go. He went Gonzo mode when he should have been going Helvetica yeah. mode. I mean, he has plenty of things to invest his self esteem in. Tattooing is not one that's, of them. That's that's a great way to put it. I mean, that's not that's a pretty good one i feel like a lot of people have like selena gomez did a heart on my thumb you know what i mean and it's not quite yeah. not quite as cool you know no it, it was it was a good one so you've so you've tatted up johnny a bunch over the years you said he's been in the news lately right i have yeah i think i, I heard him mention somewhere about something going on i guess he's pretty he's pretty heavily he's actually pretty heavily tatted yeah he's he's got a bunch of tattoos are there any surprise are there any are there any are there any people that you've tattooed that we all know that have a lot more tattoos than we realize. You know what I mean? That's, that's always, I mean, there's, there's people I've tattooed that like the world can never know they have a tattoo. Wow. You know, like, like, have you had to sign an NDA? Yeah. yeah, It's like, like, uh, Oh God, how can I even like, like leaders of countries who are are not supposed to have tattoos. Leaders of countries. I thought I was gonna be like, yeah, Beyonce likes to keep that tramp stamp hidden, but you're saying that, (laughs) no, 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 no. You're saying that leader. Okay. Wow. So you did a, you did like a nautical star on, on, on 45. What what's going on? (laughs) I can't, I can't. No, 45 is not invited. 45 is not invited. I know, I know I go redneck, but okay, I don't go okay, that far. Okay. Testing the waters. I, I saw that Putin had something on his ankle, but I wasn't sure <laughs> kind of who was responsible for that. But it's kind of good to know that that... Look, that, Osama came by uh, the man, shop. You guys go straight for the worst-case scenario. <laughs> worst-case scenario. No, that's so... Okay, okay. But that's... I mean, I think it is interesting that no matter how popular and part of like mainstream culture tattooing gets there's always going to be people who like desperately want it and desperately have to hide it you know what i mean because of for for reasons that are kind of beyond their control and then you got a ben affleck who's like yeah fuck it oh my god 
in Netflix. I actually, <laughs> one of my favorite, I'll tell the story because I'm still kind of bitter about it. But like Ben Affleck actually, oh God. I mean, fuck it. If he hears it, it's fine. But he actually reached out to me to do that, his back piece ages ago. And I still have the drawing. And and I was literally like, okay, like I sketched it out. And his assistant, I'll I'll say his assistant so that he can throw them under the rug if he wants to. But but basically, I was like, okay, cool. They're like, yeah, can you, you know, can you draw it out and show us what it would look like color? And I was like, look, like it's, like 900 bucks. I literally remember the numbers. Yeah. Like, I was like, if you want me to draw this all out, like I need 900 bucks for my time. Um, like I can't just draw for free, even if it's Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, it, we, we can't really spend that money on it. And, um, <laughs> and so then he went and got the back piece and it became like the joke of every late night talk show. Is, is that like a, do you think that, is that like a walk-in job or do you know who did that? I don't know who did that. And I, you know what I mean? Like no, no shade on the artist. Like I, I just, but I just, I just love that. I was like, dude, I like, we, we had it. I could have, I could have, I could have helped you out there, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, 900 does probably not going to make or break Ben Affleck's monthly nut. I'm assuming. No, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, he spent yeah, he more than it. that on, on PR, just scrubbing those photos up. The <laughs> that's that, that, yeah, that's a great. And point. also yeah. like the trust of just like, Hey, I'm like a very famous, uh, celebrated tattoo artist who many of your famous celebrity friends have gotten tattoos from. You you don't yeah. you're not gonna trust me yeah like I'm the guy bro like I'm the guy for this like <laughs> let let do not go elsewhere like just give me the money I'm chief. the guy here's my Venmo figure it out and it was you know, you know I mean? it was deductible from the tattoo you know and it wasn't just like charging yeah oh money. yeah of course yeah. yeah it wasn't like an extra like I like that you stood oh that's a good value yeah I like you stood your ground though even with these fucking celebrities because they should be paying you know what <laughs> I mean no one's got no one's got more fucking money you're paying me nine hundred for the drawing yeah. bitch and that's the that's like, the bottom line totally reasonable totally reasonable uh. Uh, Scott Campbell, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone today. Uh, it was a blast. You got any stuff to plug? Anything coming out? Any uh, NFT series? Any books? No, that's it. I'm happy I, you know, I got my vasectomy out there. I really, that was really important to mention. So, ladies, ladies, if you're listening, he's clean, ready to go. <laughs> this guy's clean. The house is nice. Like he's good, bro. He's great. He's got cars and shit. He's in pa- so you're in Pasadena. You know, if you want, I'll send over some sweet green cashew credit for you. The great location over in Colorado. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.